2: recorded live will oh you be oh, oh baby Let me you of and time a man that you suddenly developed this thing about flying Cause if you say goodbye to me, girl, you're gonna break my mind Break my mind Break my mind No, I just can't stand to hear the big jet engines whine Break my mind Here I'm back, finally.
1: There, a little musical interlude. Um, I was uh, just saving a bee <laughs> Put that in the chat. I um, had a bee in the house earlier, and I wondered where it went, and I saw this uh, bee on a lacy curtain near the window, and I thought it was probably stuck there, and it couldn't move, so I just put it outdoors. <sighs> anyway. Only two in the last two years, Desert Pete. Oh, my gosh. No, we have bees around here. We have some dandelions out now, and they like them. And I had some flowers on the porch that are going to cemeteries, and uh, I think it came in probably when the door opened. So just trying to save. I always did that. People thought it was funny because I'd save spiders and bees even though I don't like them. Put them outside. Say I was teaching them to believe in God, and everybody would laugh. Anyway, um, it is uh, May twelfth, two 2016 at 7.36 p.m. on the East Coast. So Eastern Daylight Time right now. We had a beautiful day today. It was almost 80 degrees, which is very nice for spring. Um, I spent some time sitting in my car reading and organizing my thoughts and trying to figure out what I'd talk about tonight because, you know, what else is there to talk about? Stuff's happening, but we're just able to watch it, and that's pretty much it, so kind of wondering how much uh, value we're having right now in uh, keeping things on the top of everyone's consciousness because I think it's every day, all day long. I just want to refute the things that I see that are, in my opinion, are wrong and make people look at them from a different perspective. And today one of the things that was going on that was driving me nuts and I had to walk away from looking at it too much was apparently... um, there was a high-speed chase that started in Massachusetts, I believe it was, and ended up in New- Nashua, New Hampshire. And um, when the person came out of their vehicle and laid on the ground, the police advanced upon him and beat him up. And um, it was several different departments, including state police. Um, the video itself was not not um, easy to look at for people that believe in laws. And uh, this afternoon... I was listening to Howie Carr show because we usually do in the afternoons. he He uh, broadcasts uh, a program that is extremely informative for people, especially in New England, um, because it usually relates to New England, but also world politics and things like that. Uh, he knows a lot of people. So I was listening to that, and um, today the poll question was whether or not you know the police acted out improperly or whatever. And I was just appalled. I was appalled at the uh, people who were calling in that were saying it was okay because this person was a bad person, was like always in trouble and had, you know, been chased for quite a few miles and uh, could have killed people, et cetera, et cetera, which is totally beside the point, in my opinion, um, because we have laws. And... Justice is supposed to be done in court, it's not supposed to be done on the side of the road, at the hands of police officers who are sworn to protect the public and also are uh, paid to protect the public, not to act as some type of armed gang. And so it really upset me to see it. But anyway, that'll probably develop some more too because some people will be on leave, probably getting paid and still have their job as usual. And I'm not saying I'm against the police department, but they need to hold themselves in high in high respect and to high standards to be respected by the public. It doesn't just come because they put on that badge. I'm sorry, but there's a lot of bad people that wear badges. And I don't think there's any excuse. The person came out of the car and was laying on their stomach. Let me give you a link to it in case you didn't see it. It's a very short video. Hey, okay. Apparently, I didn't put it on here. <laughs> I have, I've had a busy week. I was gone all day yesterday. And um, so I went, oh, no, I don't have all my, vi- all my um, links here. So it might take me a second, but I'll find it. I was completely incensed by this. I can't even tell you how mad I was when I saw this. It was like, you've got to be kidding me. And one of my phrases I've been saying in the last few days is, people are losing their damn minds which is true. It's like they've all gone nuts or something, completely whacked out and uh, trying to explain what's happening Um, in terms that these people understand. I I don't even know how you communicate with somebody who thinks it's fine to just beat on somebody because you're mad. I mean, if that's the case, then I guess we all can. You know, someone ticks you off, just take them out and start pounding on them and say I was upset, I was stressed. So this is WHDA Boston, HDH Boston's video. Let me see if I can get that instead of their website, I'm trying to get to just the video. Um, it's it's about a minute and 10 seconds. Uh, shoot, I think it's on Facebook though. How do I get it when it's not on Facebook? I don't like to do the Facebook links because not everyone does Facebook and then it's hard for them to find it. Probably could find it in a Google search, but this is it. <clears throat> it
0: says
1: says uh, man in custody after high-speed chase in Massachusetts, and New Hampshire. Yes, clicked it. There it is. Um, I heard that talkshoe, I believe, was bought from someone else, unless I dreamed that. I think it's true. Um, so there may be changes for all I know coming up. We'll have to see. It makes me wonder if we'll be um either told we have to pay for it or some other some other change. Hopefully they keep it free for people to use. Because I think it's got a lot of value. All right. Um I, like I said, I've had a busy week. I ha, I forgot to put my um, links onto a sheet of paper like I normally do, so I may have to dig around a little bit for some of this stuff. We had something that happened the last two or three days that's really upset some people, and I haven't had a chance to look into it too much lately, So, as of yet, I should say. But I think it's going to be a big story for people because of our um, interest in overstepping of law enforcement and that kind of thing. Um, we had a it was a type of raid, I guess in the one of the really remote areas of maine, and um, people were very upset they were incensed by it. Uh, the governor got involved with having comments about it it was there was an article in the Portland Press Herald that um, was supposedly very negative towards the game warden and then uh the game wardens wanted to have their response, and the paper wouldn't print it, and so it got bigger, the story got bigger. So, um, I think this is
0: going to be developing this week, too, if
1: I can find that link to this. Portland Press Herald, they they think they tell you that you have to do something to log in, but I'm not sure. Lawmakers call for investigation of Maine Warden's undercover raid in Allagash. Maine Warden Service disputes story on undercover operation in Allagash. Our view, Maine Warden Service should open up about Allagash raid, and then there's more stories. Um, And then the Maine Warden Service disputes the story on the undercover operation. Um, I think what I'll do is, because this probably one of those he said, she said, and then he said, and then somebody else said. I'm going to just take the one that was the warden service response because it should tell everything in that as far as what they think is wrong. Um, it was, a, I believe, a news story by Colin Wood, Woodard and published under the headline North Woods Lawless. And um, there was uh, apparently an interview today, too, on WGAN, which is... Uh, I've posted some of the interviews on there before, they're pretty good ones, and I may go get that link too because I would like to listen to it later to see what this author had to say about his original story, but it caused quite an uproar anyway because um, apparently people felt that it was um, hearing the opinion of the reader without having everything be factual like it should be in a news report such as this. Um, In Maine, like I said, we we all know... Somebody in every area, pretty much, if we've lived here all our lives. And uh, people are talking about this on Facebook. They know some of the people involved. It's really a big deal in Maine right now. Um, this is, let's see, Maine Warden Service dispute story on undercover operations in Allagash. This is at the Press Herald. It was printed yesterday. Um, and it says by staff report. The Maine Warden Service is disputing the findings of a Portland Press Herald, Maine Sunday Telegram investigation of an undercover operation and raid in the northern Maine town of Allagash in 2014. In a lengthy media release Wednesday, the service said the story, written by Colin Woodard and published under the headline, "Northwoods Woods Lawless, contained many inaccuracies in its account of an undercover warden's activities and a dramatic raid that was filmed for the Northwoods Law television series. The newspaper's six-month investigation detailed allegations that game wardens padded evidence, provided alcohol to people who were being investigated, and invented events that did not occur during the two-year investigation, which resulted in fines for wildlife law and other violations and short jail terms for several individuals. An undercover agent provided guns, ammunition and transportation, and a searchlight to one target of the probe and shot a deer to encourage the subject to poach, the story found. In its media release, the Warden Service defended the operation as a response to numerous violations of game laws by several Allagash residents who challenged the authority of law enforcement officials. The seriousness of the violations, coupled with the defendant's criminal history and continued intent to violate, resulted in the investigation being authorized, the Warden Service said. The warden service rejected assertions in the story that it had not complied with its obligations under the Freedom of Access Act, saying it had produced 232 documents in response to the reporter's request for information. Oh, there's a link right here in the middle of this for the um, interview on WGAN, so if you do go there, you'll be able to find that. Um, the newspaper did not did receive some of the materials it sought, however, the warden service still has not released a number of documents, including email exchanges between 11 wardens and the producers of Northwood's law, an estimate of the cost of the investigation and raid, and an uncensored copy of the agency's policies for undercover agents. A copy of the policy produced for the newspaper was 16 pages long, of which 15 pages were almost entirely blacked out. The 232 documents the warden service says it produced may be a reference to records released to the press Herald sister newspaper in connection with a separate August 2014 public records request. Those were not the documents that the Press Herald-Telegram requested. Um, and then it says, related Northwood's lawless full coverage. That's another link. The reporter sought in interviews with top officers in the warden service during the course of his investigation, but the service refused to participate and demanded that all questions of agency staff be submitted in writing. The written questions were routed through an assistant attorney general who told the reporter that the agency had decided it would not be answering any additional questions. The warden service asked the newspaper Wednesday to publish its entire 2800-word media release. The Press Herald's editorial page editor responded by asking the agency to submit a condensed version to accommodate space limitations in the newspaper's print editions and offered to publish the entire statement online. The Warden Service did not respond to that request. Instead, it published the entire response on its website and on Facebook. An hour later, Governor Paul LePage issued a media release criticizing the newspaper for not agreeing to publish the entire 2,800 word response from the Warden Service. And then it says related newspaper counters criticism of Northwoods Lawless. As part of its response, the Warden Service also disputed some of the statements by Hope Kelly, 64, of Allagash whom agents tried to prosecute for possessing illegal game. The charges were dropped, but the woman said wardens seized multiple jars of canned vegetables and peaches from her home during the raid and failed to return most of them. The warden service said the jars of canned vegetables were seized inadvertently, a mistake that wardens made. The service said agents later returned the jars and the woman signed for them. At no point did the warden service seize peaches, the agency said. Kelly disputed that claim, saying the wardens took 110 jars of vegetables and peaches and later returned 33 jars of vegetables. An evidence photo taken by the wardens and included in the newspaper story clearly shows a jar of peaches. The service noted that 17 people were convicted of violating state game laws in the operation and were fined more than $39,000 with several sentenced to jail terms as a result of the investigation. This has been an investigative unit that exemplifies our very best, best work, the service said. So evidently that story that I just read was the um, response to some of the responses to the original story. So if you're interested in this, you'll probably have to go and look around and find the other, the other um, articles, the ones that they started with. I plan to go and read the original one. Um, because, from what I understand, um, it was not entirely factual, and this is what caused the out the outrage basically of how these people were treated in allagash it 's a very remote town. If you look on a map of maine it's um, it 's in the area of the Allagash Waterway, which is a very <clears throat> very um, unspoiled and beautiful part of the state. Most people that have ever been there never forget it. And that is one of the wild areas that people want protected. So it was kind of like, from the sounds of that, like what are they doing? Were they trying to um, make better television? Because nowadays it's like we're living in this entertainment um, milieu, whatever you want to call it. It's like we have to be entertained all the time. And everything is getting blurred as to who is, what their roles are and who's supposed to be telling us about real life and who's supposed to be you know joking around we have politics on the late night shows we have politics from comedians always had that but now it's like people think that's real news when they see it there's people talking about missing John Stewart for example because he brought them the news he wasn't a newsman. (laughs) he was a comedian basically sorry about that coughing um (laughs) right in your ear. All right, so that was my number one thing was that. I thought that was probably the most important thing was about the warden scandal and governor and everything and how many people were pulled into it because if we don't live there, you know, it's kind of hard to feel too much um, angst for the people. But on the other hand, uh, people don't like it when they feel they're being set up by something or taken advantage of. That's a big deal in Maine. And... The crime, if there were crimes committed, become almost secondary to that. People do not like being set up in any way. They feel like it's wrong. Um, entrapment's wrong. Um, embellishing a story to make money is wrong. Um, probably wouldn't be felt, wouldn't be seen the same way in the cities, but in the rural areas of Maine, you just don't do those things. That's something you just don't do. It's a very huge taboo. So, okay. Um, yeah, I talked about the police beating in Nashua, New Hampshire. And um, I figured while I was talking about all the authority figure stuff going on as far as the police and the authorities, um, we had some resistance to buying a certain vehicle here in Bangor. And they voted, I believe, in the last few days. I think it was in the last few days they voted to um buy it anyway um see if I can find a link to it they at first, when they put this article in the paper um they were asking how people you know felt about it. They had a poll or whatever, but they had put up like a an armored vehicle picture with camouflage on it, and people started to react so then they put one up that looks like. Um, an ambulance It's white with a, a red cross on it. <clears throat> and um, yeah, they voted on it, it, says I think two days ago. But they said they need it. They have to have it. So we're going to have it anyway. But there were two or three articles about this in the paper. And um, they spend a lot of money for this. So I'm going to just give you one of these and you can look at it. But in Maine, there are some. There are some places in Maine where they feel like it's fine to have all this kind of stuff around, but there was a you know, fairly significant amount of pushback on them buying this because they were saying, what are they going to do with it? Why do they need it? Are they just going to put it in a parade? You know, that kind of thing. So I took that as a good sign, even though we're getting it anyway. At least people said, we don't need it, and you're spending money foolishly when you could be spending it on the police training, police equipment for their personal safety. They won't be riding around in this in town. This will be for if they want to scare people because it really will have no effect whatsoever on any of their police work here. We just don't have the kind of things that they would need that for. And uh, one of the things that I brought up in the comments when I was talking about it was um, Remember those six Black Hawk helicopters that they said they needed to buy for Maine to do mountain rescues, and we hardly have any mountains here. But that was their excuse. And the excuse with this is that they can use it if they have to get near somebody in a dangerous situation, which they've, they've been able to do that anyway. They can borrow stuff from the state police. They have other things they can do. So <clears throat> we're getting it. And... Uh, I can't move away from here soon enough. I can't stand this place, really. (laughs) I say it all the time. Somebody said hate with the heat of a thousand suns about something the other day, and I started laughing. I said, yeah, I think that's almost what it is. It's like hating with the heat of a thousand suns. And I was taught not to hate anything, but I hate that. I hate that vehicle. I hate the whole idea of even needing that vehicle. Then, let's see, what? Happened after that. This past week makes you wonder if they plan this stuff ahead of time. Honestly, I know it's not all. Everything is everything is not a suspicious story of conspiracy. But some days you just wonder about the uh, timing of certain events. Um, <clears throat> down in our the rural part of Maine, um, our nemesis is Portland area. So in the Portland area, we had um, a standoff situation two days ago, and they had all kinds of stuff there. Let's see if I can get a picture, an image on any of these. I saw an image, but it was going around on probably Facebook or somewhere else. Can't always tell if you're going to see. Yeah, they do have an image on this one. So six hours standoff in South Portland. Police rushed into the man's apartment at 344 Broadway after he set fire to himself. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't show up when somebody sets fire to themselves or anything else, but I I just can't help but think that some of the stuff, when you use this equipment in highly populated areas, how many of those people, percentage-wise, in that area would be somebody who is a combat veteran that would be triggered by this? Um, You know, this looks like a war zone when you bring all this stuff. And it's like, uh, you know, the Black Hawk helicopter's flying over your head and stuff. People are saying, where, where does it stop? Do we start putting drones above everybody, too? It just doesn't make any sense to spend money on that stuff. But maybe Portland. Portland has more people, and they're, you know, in my opinion, they're kind of whacked out down there, because they don't even know what the heck they're doing most of the time. But we don't need that kind of stuff here. <clears throat> so... Desert Pete's saying, for the price of that, they could have bought Trona's classic Stutz Bearcat fire truck. It would look a lot classier. Well, one of the thing that was really funny was in the comments, they kept saying, "Yeah, but they're going to paint it white, or it's going to be painted white." Well, I doubt it's going to be painted white, but I'll keep you posted when it shows up, because I'm sure they already had that thing on order before they even told anybody about it. Because that's just how it goes. They had surplus money. They had surplus. They said. So that's also funny in this town. Okay. Um, Lots of scandals still going on uh, regarding drug trafficking, clinics for treating people with drug addiction, um, all kinds of stuff that just, you know, was something we didn't really have to hear about too much in Maine. Occasionally we'd hear of some big shipment coming in because it's easy by boat. We have a really large... uncontrolled shoreline. you ever see the rock-bound coast of Maine, it's pretty remote in some areas where people could just put small boats in if they wanted to. Also, there's lots of ways for people to bring things by truck. That's how it used to be. Now we have people who are sneaking things in in cars um, and in their body. And so we have a lot of scandals going on regarding the drug trafficking itself, um, what the enforcement is like, who is running the clinics and who's running the addiction programs? And um, it appears that people are just, you know, making money on every aspect of this and sitting in their political offices, knowing that this is one of their things that's making money, is really, really disgusting. Um, <clears throat> I didn't get a chance to go back and look at some of the things that I saw posted this week by one of my relatives that lives in Vermont. Um, There's some scandal up there, and I want to look into some of that because I've already been hearing about the New Hampshire scandals because of that state of corruption program that Mike Gill has been doing. And um, then there's also the ones in Maine that we've been hearing about. Um, I haven't had a chance to find out yet about the clinic in Portland that they were talking about, India Street Clinic. But I want to know who owns these things and if there's any common common uh, elements in these stories because I feel that there will be. They're not that far from us. If you look at a map, you can see that New Hampshire, Maine, and Vermont are practically like, you know, one of the big Western states when you take them all together. We're really um, closely um, networked together and entwined together as far as our families and businesses um, in New England. There was a drug bust in Somerset County, I think it was yesterday, and once again, there are people that were from out of state and then one or two people from Maine, find <clears throat> that if I can, because that the thing that people were talking about regarding that story were that, were that um, they wondered why the people weren't pictured. And I never went to see if there were any pictures of the people anywhere, but One day ago, MDEA arrests five on drug charges in Somerset County. They just kept showing the, um, like the seal, you know, like the shield or whatever they call it, the logo of the sheriff's department. Story didn't want to open up because normally they'll show the people themselves. Maine Drug Enforcement Agency on Tuesday arrested five people for their roles in distributing crack, cocaine, and fentanyl throughout Somerset County. More than a pound of crack was seized along with fentanyl and a gun. Maine Department of Public Safety spokesman Steve McCausland said Wednesday in a news release. Arrested and charged with aggravated trafficking and scheduled drugs were Mark 1 Granville, 19 of Rochester, New York, Jamie Martinez-Betanzas, 29 of Rochester, New York, a 17-year-old male from Rochester, New York, and Rhonda Goldsmith, 43, of Vassalboro. Vassalboro is just outside of Augusta, Maine, which is our capital. So there was a bunch of stuff on here. Uh, The approximate street value of the drugs was $72,000. Probably if you live in a big state, you wouldn't think that was anything. Huge deal to us. I don't see the pictures on here either, but our governor was saying that people were coming to Maine and taking advantage of our young people. And this woman, 43 years old, is not real, real young. But Mainers have always been very open to outsiders, and even though people say we're not, it's not the case. Very open to outsiders, very trusting, um, and have had a lot of freedom as far as doing what we want to do. So it's easy to take advantage of people here just depends on which part of the state you're in. So I don't know if if this had any relationship to race, but our governor was saying it was black men coming to Maine and taking advantage of our white girls, which caused him a lot of trouble because they called him a racist. And he was mentioning race, but it wasn't his primary thing. He wasn't talking about it as a racist thing. He was talking about it as a fact because it was happening. So I'm just bringing that up every once in a while they'll have a story and they won't put the pictures and everybody, now they say, well, I wonder what race these people are. It wouldn't have occurred to them before. So that comment about the governor being racist is what caused people to start looking at things in a race way. Okay, let's see. I'm going down through my numbers. Trump and Giuliani, what the heck is going on here? I've been seeing stuff that Trump has been with Giuliani a lot lately and that he may possibly want him as um, the head of Homeland Security if he gets into office. And I'm like, what on earth is going on? What is he thinking? So that's something I'll be keeping an eye on because I don't really like Rudy Giuliani much, but you never know. Maybe he's had a change of heart. Maybe he took part in something. He didn't realize the extent of it at the time. Who knows? But I certainly don't think he's a blameless person. and. I don't want him in charge of Homeland Security. In fact, I don't even really think we should have Homeland Security because I think it's an overstepping of authority. That's my opinion. The combination of the agencies and putting everything under that was wrong in my opinion. It, it made um, made the um, power too strong in that one area. They shouldn't have that much power. That's my opinion. Okay, Number five, um, oh, I had a question and I was going to look it up and try to find out more about it because I keep hearing about these things called microaggressions, which I think means that somebody is just putting a little jab out there and making it sound like it's a joke, but actually it's an aggressive use of language or something, I'm not really sure. But that started me thinking, what does passive-aggressive mean? Because someone had said to me one time that I was passive-aggressive and I was shocked because I went, what do you mean I'm passive-aggressive? I don't get that. What I always thought it meant was that you would, instead of punching somebody when you're mad at them, you would find some other way to to do the same thing. In other words, cause harm. That you would... Um, you know say for example you knew they were going to walk into a open manhole and you see them walking towards it but you don't tell them you just let them fall in cuz they deserve it or something that's how i always thought of passive aggressive and since i would never do that i didn't understand why someone would say i was passive aggressive so if anyone has anything they could say about that that might enlighten me that would be great cuz i would like to know what it actually means because when I hear, watch your, micro- watch your microaggressions, bro, which is one of the jokes that people say lately, um, it sounds like what I would call passive-aggressive behavior, which is, you know, making that little jab that's actually not funny. It's meant to be mean, and so I'm not sure. Okay, number six, where I put that? Oh, um, ruminations, my life thoughts, my ruminations, because my brain never stops. I'm always thinking about how to make life easier, maybe more relaxing, maybe more interesting for people. Not that I'm in charge of their life, but what I would do if someone asked me or what I want to do with my own life. And um, I had this thought in the past week, and probably have had it other times too, what if um, all these people that just love the technology and want everything in a computer and they have everything abbreviated and measured and timed and you know weighed and all these things, they put them in and <laughs> supposedly are going to make sense out of life by doing this. What if they had their own place to live and they were happy? They just were like somewhere off to the side, doing their thing and loving it, you know, plugged right in so that they they could be monitored at every moment and everybody would know where they were and the whole thing. And what if we could have our peaceful Garden of Eden back, which is what many of the people I know want. They want to be peaceful. They want to have their life back. They want to be enjoying Earth without having all this other stuff going on. Um, wouldn't that be pretty cool? I mean... Could we, like, divide the planet and just, like, send them somewhere so they can live in their high-rise cities with their, you know, doors that they walk through and they close behind them so they don't have to touch them and stuff like that? I have developed such an aversion to this kind of stuff that it's it's almost, you know, to the point of just not wanting to even go anywhere near a city. I'm sick of it, honestly. I'm just tired of it. People can't even flush the toilet anymore. The toilets flush themselves in the cities. Crazy to me. You know, we're, we're so far away from being in touch with nature and our own planet because of this stuff. And they want to make them bigger and better all the time. You look at some of these new modern cities, and stuff that they take down and blow up and burn up and everything so they can build some new thing, and they're proud of that. And it's the most hideous stuff I've ever seen in my life. The old architecture is being taken down and they put up these hideous glass and brick things and they think it's the most beautiful thing and I'm like looking at that going, well, it might be a wonderful engineering mar- marvel to be able to you know, have something hanging out like that over a waterfall or whatever it is, but it's not beautiful to everyone. Could we please have some of the things we enjoy around, like trees? Real trees, you know, that grow naturally, not something you have to plant in a little box. I feel sorry for the people that never see anything but that. They grow up in those places and they never see anything but that. Just bad. Lucky I lived in a place where we had trees and grass and stuff. And you could open the window at night and everything and let the wind blow through and nothing would happen. (laughs) Except you might sleep well. All right, um, it tells me, see my previous page, because I must have written something back here, too. Oh, um, I was writing about things that are important versus essential, because I think those are two very different things, what's really important and what's actually essential. Like, obviously, it's essential that you have food. Um. And I wrote something, I circled it. Until one has lived it, they cannot understand it, and therefore their advice is not necessarily helpful. And I wrote, I am nice, damn it. Because that's one of the things I tell people sometimes. I am nice, damn it. And also... um, What are some of the advantages of going through hardships? And I'm talking about really bad hardships because most of us are going through hardships anyway. But I'm talking about really bad hardships. Like, for example, um, somebody finds themselves left alone or someone in their family has come to violence or something like that that's been really horrible or they've been incarcerated and unfairly trashed and all that stuff. And this is what I found for the silver lining in that because there is one... They saw who their friends were. In our particular case over here, we started cooking more. We cook more now. We're good cooks too. Um, Appreciate peace. When you get peace, you love it. It's not the same thing as before. It's very different. Um, You're forced to regroup and think about things. You can't just go through life oblivious. Um, And you learn to say, Uh, No, I would prefer not to, or you know what else, F you. I'm not doing it, which is a little snotty, probably. Some people are playing only to win, and others are playing just to survive. That was another one I wrote. That would be a good one to put on a T-shirt, I think, that concept. Some playing only to win, and others are playing only to survive, just to survive because there are some people who are preying on the good-hearted, and that's how they live. They prey on the good-hearted, and they're fine with it. They don't have a conscience, so it doesn't matter, because they're winning in their opinion. Um, All right, so that was number, what did I say, six. Okay, now I'm on number seven. Um, That fire out in Fort McMurray in Canada looked like hell on earth. Um, the Able Danger story. I always call it a story because I never know how much of it is true and how much is fictional. But David Hawkins was indicating that um, there were hot spots in that fire as though it was set. So we'll have to see on that. I have not I didn't get a chance to be there today to listen to the show. But the previous one, they were talking about the hot spots and how they could these devices and cause fires to be extreme like that. Hate to think it, but on the other hand, we've seen things like this. So, something to look into again. In Here in Maine, in the old Orchard Beach, the fire chief was just um, charged, I believe, with um, arson in a fire there. And um, now they're looking into other fires where he was in proximity in the past to see if some of those arsons might have been him as well. It's not good when your fire chief is enjoying making fires, but it happens. But that's another another story. Um, that is 17, and it should have been 7. Okay. Um, 8. Mention Field's book. Field McConnell's book has come out. It's called Gadget Vents. Um I didn't go to the show today, like I said, so I don't know what the um status is right now, but he was showing the proof of the book on Monday and it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. I don't I don't know anything about it other than it's published and it's over two hundred pages long. And um it's to start telling the stories and to put the information out there in print it cannot be revised. It's not going to be just on a blog somewhere anymore. It's going to be in a book form. So um, hopefully a lot of people will buy it, put it away somewhere, so that this stuff never gets buried again, this information. Um, They can't kill you if it's printed. I mean, they can kill you, but it won't do any good. So he claims that he's going to be exposing Hillary Clinton a lot in the coming days. And um supposed to be going to Britain. So unless something changed and I didn't hear about it today, that was the last I heard and that was on Monday. I believe the book's gonna be about twenty dollars. If you look on a Google search for Gadget Bent, you should see a picture of it. Um the other day people were asking people to Google for it Google search for it so it would raise it up in the results when people go looking. Um Last night or the night before, I saw Laura Bush and Jenna on television talking to one of the late night hosts, I forget which one, maybe Jimmy Fallon, and um, I wondered why they were coming out. There was a book, I think, some picture book or something, I don't know, but the Bush family has not been really popular with people who are writing blogs in the last few years, and maybe they're trying to prop up their reputation or something, I'm not sure, but it's unusual to see. People show up like that, unless there's some reason. So I'm keeping an eye out on why they were around. Um, I didn't get a chance to go back in and look for some more things about that grandson of Charles Keating, who was a Navy SEAL who died recently, um, because I just felt like it was odd that they talked about how close he was to his grandfather. And I'm wondering if he knew stuff. You know, that is the MO of the, the group that is running things right now, is that if you know stuff, they get rid of you so you don't talk about it. Okay. That is from my notes on my notebook I wrote today. I'm going to look at my links and see if there's anything else in here that I've missed. Oh, a couple of things. Um, a few months ago, I was talking about uh, a person who shot back at an intruder, and he was a handicapped man that lived in um, assisted living type housing. not a, Maybe not assisted living, but subsidized type housing. Um, and the story today was that the judge dismisses Rockland man's lawsuit against landlord over gun possession. And the argument here was that This man who shot an intruder um, was told by his management company of his uh, property that he lived on that he had to leave. The landlord told him he had to leave because he had a gun there, had to give it up. Um, And he was suing because his rights are protected to be able to defend himself. And so there has been going back and forth about the rights of the person. And um, I think that the reason the judge threw this out, and I'm not sure yet, because I haven't had a chance to really read this a lot yet, but I think the reason the judge threw it out was probably because a law is going to go into effect in July in Maine that says that you can't tell somebody they can't have a gun to protect themselves. So um, the judge may not have wanted to get into this. But in the meantime, there you know, they're having a field day with us because the judge wouldn't let this guy sue. And I think that it may be just a little bit too early to celebrate that. Um, a lot of people were talking about in Maine how we our Second Amendment is actually very strong in that it says that uh, the right to keep and bear arms shall never be questioned. It, and so, obviously, if somebody tells you you can't have it, then your right is being questioned, so. And then there's a poll there. Do you agree with the dismissal of Harvey Limbaugh's lawsuit against his landlord over gun possession? And the results were, last I looked, they were no, was higher. But it could be skewed by the fact that maybe people think that That's the end of it, and I don't believe it is. I think this new law in July is going to end all this. Um, supposed rulemaking and uh, landlords saying you can't have a gun there. Um, I only had two links on my link page tonight. That's how funny. I just, I really didn't have time to do them. I was gone yesterday, like I said. Usually I do that on Wednesday. So the last thing um, that I had was uh, LePage on National Monument Meetings. He was talking about the National Monument Meetings, which Angus King had arranged. Angus King is a former governor in Maine, and he's a senator right now. And uh, he goes and does his own thing behind everybody's backs, in my opinion. I don't have a high opinion of Senator King. Um, I feel that he is a, you know... Um, call that when somebody hides. Sneaky. I think he's sneaky. And um, I just don't trust him personally, but um, LePage was not notified about these meetings. Uh, This is the same people who are trying to push in that national park. And uh, the, the monument, as far as I understand, and I believe we talked about that on here one night, and also I was um, reading about it then was that the national monument thing was that the gov that Obama could just sign it as a national monument and they could like go past all of the ways that they have to get approvals to make a national park. It's it's the rewilding of Maine. It, that is at the heart of it. In my opinion, everything goes back to that. Is that they want Maine to be less populated? only in the areas that they have decided ahead of time. And this is UN Agenda 21, now called UN Agenda 2030 or something like that. So any chance they get to rope off something and not let people in, it's to the point now where no one dares say a word if they see anything that looks really nice because it's like, oh, they'll tell us we can't walk there anymore. Um, The state, you know, is... uh, very divided on this there are a lot of people that really like conservation types of areas and you know i've given my opinion about it many times is that we have a lot of areas in maine that are already protected it's a beautiful state we can't protect every inch of it or we're not going to have anything that people can make money from to pay the taxes to run the place and um we can't all, like, just buy up land and hand it over to a foreign country or a, or a corporation. But yet, there are people right now in Maine saying that we have no right to say anything about people who want to donate their land. And um, there has to be some kind of a meeting of the minds on this. I mean, otherwise, what is a state? You <laughs> know, What is a state? We could all just donate our land to somebody. Hey, I think, you know... China might like to have my house. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, I guess just keep watching this stuff too. See what happens. Um, I don't think people should give up hope. I think they need to keep seeing that something is happening, that people are working towards what they believe is right. I see it. I have friends who still are doing things. They're not giving up. So I'm not going to give up. I don't know where it'll lead us all, but I think we got to keep doing as much as we can because that's what our parents and grandparents did for us, and it's our turn, it's our job to do that. So, <clears throat> I intend to do. All right. Um, well, let me see what everybody's got to say here in the chat. Um, Not much going on in the chat tonight. We don't have all of our regulars here. I don't know if they forgot it was Thursday or just busy. Not sure what's going on. I know I almost forgot it was Thursday because, like I said, when I was gone all day yesterday, that shortened the week right up. So, um, yeah, rewild the D.C. Beltway, right? Desert Peak. Deport all the residents. Well, I don't know about all the residents, but they could certainly deport some of them send them back to their home state and let them live with the real people. I mean the real people as in the fault of the earth people, the ones that are out there trying to hang in there when everybody else is, you know, just taking advantage of them. It really is disgusting some days. Hard to look at it and not not just say I can't do it anymore and give up, but nope we got to keep going. Anyway, are you calling in tonight, Desert Pete? Do you have any reports from the West Coast? Because I think I'm done. Amazing. I stuffed that all in an hour, but probably didn't say much other than just blabbing, right? I think the whole country is hot today,
0: Desert Pete says. I'm drinking water. Okay, good.
1: Unmute Desert Pete. Sorry, Monty Henry, I'm not unmuting you tonight. The reason is because I think you're taking us off task too much. Okay, bye. I knew he'd leave because he only comes in for a few minutes and it's only to be on the call and then leave. There's some other people that were doing that too. Like okay. they have their own call or they can make their own call just like we did.
3: Yeah.
1: And it, it that um, I see Luke that's been coming in. I did get a whole big bunch of stuff from him in my email. And, and yes, it's horrible and all that stuff. It's all related to pedophilia and somebody's specific case and all kinds of letters and oh my gosh it's a huge amount of stuff and we definitely know that that stuff's going on in the world and that there's people that are being hurt by it and the corrupt the corrupt are using that stuff to compromise people but it's not what i choose to steep myself in on a daily basis because i would go nuts if i had to look at that every day <laughs> i just it's not the focus that i
3: well we we bring up a lot of issues here on on this this talk shoe talk show, and no. we I don't think it's a good idea to slide into becoming a one note samba There's, well
1: even uh, if it was a you know a moderate amount of some information that was happening, but this looks like i mean a a history and a it's like somebody's whole life that they are trying to get into, and it's just way beyond anything I would ever want to dig into or read. I know it goes on. I already know that. And it's extensive. I already know that too. And I don't need to read the names of the people and all the horrible things they did.
3: Yeah. It's
1: just too much. I couldn't take it.
3: Well, if if anybody has positive solutions to anything, I think it's it's worth listening to, but if it's just grumbling about how terrible this or that is that just drags us all down into depression.
1: Well, it was it was um things that were happening it was people who had written letters and gotten responses it was all that stuff Mm -hmm. it was like um you know the responses and the non-responses you get back when you write to somebody in authority or a lawyer and you tell them that you need their help and they write back and say well we really can't do anything for you it was that kind of stuff just extensive amounts of detail and i thought okay this is somebody's real case (laughs) you know somebody who's in trouble i don't feel i can do anything about it other than you know, say good luck to you people working on it. What can I do about it? I don't even live in the same country with the, with that person.
2: Um, yeah.
1: So it's just, you know, we have other stuff.
3: Well, stories of pedophilia in government, I first started hearing about it in the 90s and then heard a little bit more in the early 2000s. Yeah. And, well, there was the Franklin cover-up. and Oh, yeah. But, but that only led up to a comment by whoever was summarizing the story of, oh, this problem leads to the highest levels of government.
2: Right. Okay,
3: it well, did. Why, don't you, <laughs> why don't you name a name? Yeah. And and they didn't.
1: Yeah, I remember the name. It was George H.W. Bush. And I remember Tom Brokaw saying about it going to, this leads to the White House, and that was the last time he ever mentioned it. First yeah. and last, I believe.
3: Well, what annoys me is 10, 15 years later, we now learn it was H.W. Bush, yeah. uh, George H.W. Bush, it was Dennis Hastert, and it was Justice Scalia. Why did somebody let 15 years go by before those names come out public?
1: Because they're all implicated, probably.
3: Why were I have those a pu- feeling
1: it's a huge group of people, not just a few
3: but why were those pieces of garbage allowed to stay in power while somebody was afraid to mention a name? That makes no sense to me.
1: I think that they have the goods on each other, which is what most of it is. They know that if one of them tells, it's just like with this uh, Reverend Carlson that was here. Everybody, that's their theory, is that he told them, go ahead and prosecute me, and I'll tell on all of you. Because it's like... You know they're all enmeshed with each other's lives, and they they make sure that's the truth so that they can keep control over people. That's what I think. You know. Uh.
3: Well. Okay. We a petty word we learned from high school is a a stool pigeon or uh what's the the juvenile term a tattletale. Um, you're supposed to flush those terms behind you when you get out of school. Yeah. And if you witness a crime, you report a crime. Now, if you have hearsay of someone being a criminal and no proof, then yeah, keep your mouth shut because you might make a fool of yourself spreading gossip about, about someone. But the few people that knew who the criminals were and saw the proof why didn't they speak up i i that i don't understand
1: well say if you were associated with a group of people and they were you know your bread and butter and married into your family and had the same proclivities that you had and you see them doing something that you don't like if you bring that out then they're going to destroy everything in your life. Even if even if all it is is that they are exposed and go to jail and now your family is uprooted, your associations are uprooted because people take sides and maybe they expose the fact that you've been going to the same places and doing the same thing that guy did. That's how they that's how they are. They're to that extent of networking. They're completely connected. Like if you take Dennis Haster and you start looking into who all his family and associations are and where he's worked and everything else, I bet you could find a bunch of the people you'd recognize all their names. I yeah. don't think that they're all blameless people, and they're not going to be ratting out their buddy because it's going to come back on them. I don't think they feel, it's not like somebody who's a, you know, an honest, law-abiding person reporting a crime like we were always taught would happen. It's not like that. Because who do you report it to? Half the time, the person you report it to is also corrupt.
3: Yeah. That's what we've
1: got going on here in New England. We've got people who have the goods on somebody, can prove it, have all the documentation, but they have no one to take it to because the people they have to report it to are corrupt. So
2: I don't know how that gets fixed.
1: Get them out of there, I guess. Get them out of their offices.
3: Just reinforcing my my earlier comment here is if you only have hearsay on someone then by all means keep your mouth shut because you can destroy either an innocent person or yourself if you go spreading gossip around people that are not guilty at all well but going back in in my own history the only genuine admitted pedophile I ever met in my life was such a schizophrenic. There was no clue in his business world what was going on in his personal life. None. And uh, i got to name a name here. This is Sterling Allen out of the Free Energy Movement. And he ran this very popular website and had a talk show over on Rents Network. Uh, Rents thought he was a good guy. I've met him. I thought he was a a good guy. We differed on, on several... Technical issues in in that profession, but generally speaking, he seemed to uh, be a decent reporter on on various topics and that. And there was no indication whatsoever of what was going on in his personal life until he just outs himself. Uh, that that leads to another website. I, I uh, link I got to put up here in the chat. Uh, there's a lady who. Uh, let me try to find the right link here and get it on my own page before I can put it in the chat. Like I said, I have a hard time typing and talking at the same time. Uh, all right, there's two uh, two rather strong language uh, videos about cash. uh One and then uh, there's another link. I got to get both of them up here for for my audio comments to make any sense. Oh, oh! Uh, I got to sign on again.
1: Okay. Um. Uh, What'd you do? Crash?
3: Well, I accidentally activated the uh, link I was trying to go to right on my talk screen. screen.
2: Oh, I see. And
3: that deleted my chat, and, uh, oh, boy, this is embarrassing. This is going to take me a few minutes to clean this thing and mess up.
1: <laughs> well, I see, uh, you're, I see that you copy-pasted the link in the chat.
3: Yeah, that that was link number one. Uh, let me try to get logged on there
1: while I was while I was off the page I saw that somebody came in and left again Rocco's ambassador seeing now that we know that there's people actually getting paid to go in and cause disruption we know that uh, some of these people that's what we always suspected anyway they come in for a couple seconds and leave again Yeah. and uh, they really don't have anything to contribute they just want to you know, disrupt and then leave. And they don't they don't stay around long enough to even know what the heck we're talking about. That's always an interesting aspect, too.
3: Well, there's teenagers with nothing better to do in their life than to hop around talk shows and jump in and scream some juvenile mentality and hang up and think that's funny. So that could be it, too. Okay. Uh,
1: Hi, Dottie. I see Dottie's here. Just us. I don't know where Velium and uh, Jameskin and those people are.
3: Yeah, that's what I was mentioning. I think it's hot all across the country, so everybody fell asleep on an afternoon nap. I think probably. Sure
1: that's true. That's probably true. It was hot here. It was hot for for us for spring. It was almost 80, 78, I think.
3: Yeah. Uh, we're, <coughs> we're crossing beautiful. 90 now, and... Wow. Weather Channel says we should hit a hundred this weekend, so yeah. it's about time to pull out the short and t-shirt weather. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway. I can't wait. Uh, I
1: like the sunshine. I miss it in the winter. So I well, go outside yeah. and hang out outdoors, even if I have to sit in my car and read outside. I do that so I can get some sun. My house isn't very bright, so anyway, you found it.
3: Even with our nasty. Heat out here. Summer is definitely preferable to uh, to winter freezing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the chat should have two two links up there. Cash comment one and cash comment two. Yep. Uh, the thing I wanted to reference specifically was in cash comment two. Uh, a woman I certainly don't agree with on all topics said a few intelligent things in this uh, in this two hour long video. If anybody is interested, uh, she goes by the Oh, Internet nickname of uh, of Hope Girl.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. I've heard of
3: her. Okay. Uh, she's been most notably endorsing some, we'll just say questionable energy generators that may or may not perform as she's claiming. I don't know. I have not researched it enough to make an intelligent comment, positive or negative on it. So she's just another name out there in the in the free and or clean energy community. Uh, And probably worth somebody's time to listen to a few of the things she says. But in this video, this is the first one I've listened to her, she says a couple of uh, very heartwarming and intelligent comments. Uh, And she was focusing, and the two terms she used, and this was kind of brilliant, was the free energy movement or the free money movement. And she said they both appeal to people who have been next to destroyed by the present energy system and the present financial system. And she, in the financial end, she pointed out people that have lost homes due to mortgages that were predatorially written. Yep. And just the general economy not really offering a living wage to those at the bottom. And those at the bottom of the workforce are at least conscientious enough to show up for work and do their best effort to do whatever the job skills require. Why can't they get paid a living wage if they do that?
1: I know. I agree.
3: Because any of us who have who have had good-paying jobs and were in the past... We know good and well that that workforce full of good-paying jobs is plagued with people that don't show up every day for work. It's time off for this, time off for that. And when they do show up, they don't necessarily do their job competently. And you know good and well they only got to that position and that paycheck by political means.
1: That's right. They knew somebody or they were related to
3: somebody. Exactly. Yeah. And you wonder, how are those people pulling down nice paychecks while somebody who's diligently showing up at business XYZ and pushing a broom all day and or just greeting customers or doing some low technology kind of job, why are they paid a dirt wage? Why can't they get paid enough to have a home? Or, or maintain a car. This this system is really screwed up on, on the financial end. And then she goes over to uh, the energy. And my gracious, I know this myself. In the days when I just could not afford housing close to work, and I had to keep moving further and further out of the middle of the city, uh specifically, I, I had a job down in uh, uh, Hollywood, right next to West Hollywood, was the work location I had to show up every morning. Well, I started it living in, where was that, Mission Hills, Northridge, and I couldn't afford to stay there, so I moved up to Palmdale. That's 50 miles each way.
1: Yeah, that's a long ride.
3: And then only because I obtained my stockbroker license and now I had a second job that at least looked promising at that point in my life, Uh, my manager there demanded that I live closer to work. He didn't like my long commute time making me show up late every morning. So uh, uh, he, he happened to know somebody who owned this enormous really fancy apartment complex near work, so I managed to move away from Palmdale back closer to the city. I still continued my second job in Hollywood, so now instead of a fifty mile each way drive, now it was only about twenty five or thirty miles each way. still uh,
1: quite a hike. My my commute was about that distance.
3: Yeah. Uh but it was back all 15 city. Years. It was all city and or Laurel I Canyon. I can't
1: imagine that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have like been You wouldn't have been able to just drive straight there, so it must have taken you quite a while to get to work.
3: Yeah, Uh, but what I'm getting at is those were the days of high gas prices.
1: Yep.
3: I remember that's
1: how I got my credit cards run up for a while, because I was using them to buy gas so I could go to my job.
3: Yeah, so I'm dumping a fourth of my paycheck or more right into my gas tank every week.
1: Yep. Uh, Who got the benefit of that, I wonder?
3: oil companies.
1: Yeah, right. That's entirely.
3: Right. Yeah. So yeah, uh f- forget about government wanting 10 or 15% of your income. The oil companies were taking 25% of my income. That was worse than taxation. And I sure got no political representation from that. Uh so yeah, she just pointed out the the inequities of that and then of course you know better than anybody what what nasty winters do uh, for energy costs. So, uh, no, the poor people were just getting strangled by the uh, the corrupt energy industry. And that was interesting that uh, uh, you heard Donald Trump commenting that uh, uh, OPEC is definitely a cartel, and he said any time a country suddenly finds oil in it, they get invited to join the cartel. Uh and he wants to get away from that. So now he's going up against the the Bush cartel with comments like that. If he wants to knock oil out of the uh, out of the top of the hill that they've been on now for shocks going on a hundred years, uh, so he's definitely rattling cages. And I haven't listened enough to Abel Danger to, to know if Trump is really the bad guy, David. Hawkins claims he is or not.
1: I haven't been saying much about him lately, I don't think. I haven't heard much. Maybe I've missed it.
3: Yeah, well, I I just don't have the time to listen anymore. So uh, it's like three, five minutes and then back off to work here.
1: Yeah, um, not enough. You can get the continuity so you can think.
3: Yeah. Um. But uh, this Hope Girl mentioned just how messed up the system was and how it's appealing to people that have just been strangled into destitution by high energy costs or by a financial system that won't even pay them a living wage, even if they're conscientious workers. And that's just flat out wrong. Uh, And I I have to sympathize with with her remarks on that. Now... Her solution is she's moved off to Morocco and is trying to run a business from there, pushing a device that really hasn't been proven yet to work. So whether it's in R&D stage, like my own company's product, and I haven't demonstrated my product to work yet either, so I can't, I will not condemn anybody who's honestly in R&D stage. I will raise a red flag if somebody tries to market a product that's not done yet. No, that's wrong, and that's why you don't see me advertising my motor design on on, <laughs> on my webpage yet, because it's not proven yet. It's still in the R&D stage, but everybody has a right to be in the R&D stage. Uh, okay, so th- that was just about all I wanted to say on cash on as far as the the comment number two jumping back to comment number 1 and if you're into sci-fi you might want to listen to comment number 1 that's another 2 hour interview with a couple of different people and they really launch into cash and if their initial comments are true uh then I would absolve any relationship with cash myself i'm seriously doubtful if all those comments they make are entirely true. Uh, I know one thing she says, well, we've got copies of uh, of court orders for his arrest. And my only question is, are those copies from uh, the country of Brussels by any chance? Belgium, I mean. Uh, because we already know the king of Belgium is a pedophile. And he's part of the George W. Bush group and not to be trusted on anything. He's he's just running his entire country into the ground. So don't go telling me a a court order or an order for arrest from that clown has any value at all. Uh so you you hear some rather extreme comments on that comment number 1 video. And then after this one woman really rips into into cash and makes a lot of accusations, which may or may not be true, I don't know, then they go into a fellow named Sergeant something or other. And he goes off on the topic of artificial intelligence, and then he branches into really bizarre extraterrestrial stuff, and I'm thinking, this guy believes all that? He's he's speaking matter-of-factly as if it's known fact, and I'm thinking, no, it sounds more like known scripts from Star Wars, not known facts, sir.
1: I think that's what I heard. I think I'd heard her name before, and it was probably about that stuff, UFO stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But he was making the claim that Kesh is all artificial intelligence, and he's trying to plant some extraterrestrial mind control system into, uh, into humans. Okay, that's a bit far out for my taste, but, uh, nevertheless, that's his accusation, and anybody who's studied those topics is welcome to look at that link and go listen away and cast your own opinion. (laughs) I'm I'm a bit doubtful of myself if, if this guy's claims have any credibility at all, but, uh, you never know, uh. We've encountered so many liars here, and if politicians we thought we could trust fifteen, twenty years ago—we've ter- we now realize we're pedophiles, and we never should have listened to anything they said. Much less supported to all the crimes they did.
1: I know it's like every day there's some more names added to the list. Okay, can't trust them. Can't trust them. Can't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible.
3: It's almost gotten to, well, which liar do you want to believe? Yep. Well, uh, okay, we, we've heard the, the this phrase so often it's become a cliche, the lesser of two evils. Uh, I've got a different version of that. Would you rather listen to a known liar or someone who is known to be mistaken a lot? Someone with poor discernment. Well, neither one is good. You're going to get misinformation from both of them. But the person who's mistaken and has poor discernment is probably a nicer person. Anybody who's an intentional liar usually has some evil characteristics about him that will make the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up, and you really don't want to trust them on anything anyway. Yep. But then we've discussed psychopaths and how believable they appear to be at times.
1: They're very believable to their target. That's why the target doesn't see it.
2: Because
1: they're they're very skilled at manipulating people. So it'll be somebody off to the side that sees it, and then the target won't believe it. They'll say that's not true because they're not like that. Because they're blinded.
3: So, anyway, those seems, seem to be the options we're hearing in uh, anywhere on the Internet these days. And I, I don't even consider television as legitimate news anymore. Uh, that's total entertainment.
1: Yeah, and it's like now it's almost like who wants to even listen to any of it? It's so ridiculous. They use the same words all the time. They, It's the same groups of people talking about another group of people. Those Sunday shows are a riot. I watch them. I call it the lying liars that lie. That's what I call it on Sunday morning.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But I watch them, so I'll see who they're lying about today and who's the friend of who. And I can't believe how people will hold up somebody like Hillary Clinton like she's somebody you should look up to. I'm like, you got to be kidding. Exactly which aspect of Hillary Clinton is something honorable that you should look up to? I can't see one aspect of her that's like that. Agreed. <laughs> I mean... Uh, Will actually vote for her? I thought the, uh, she'd be laughed out of the place. The minute she threw her hat in the ring, I thought she'd be laughed out of the place. I was like, she's got to be kidding. But yet, here she is, Still, She's still there. Wow. I,
3: I almost hate bringing up Facebook because uh, one of the friends I'm connected with was a, a co-worker I worked with, good grief, close to 40 years ago. And on the job, he always had very astute political observations. And he was quite intelligent. But his comments on Facebook now, he's a radical Hillary supporter. And I'm thinking, has this guy lost a screw or something? He used to be intelligent. What's wrong with him now? Uh... Because his last post was, oh, look at this list of lies from from Donald Trump. And how can anybody put up with that? Well, I looked a few of them, and they were trivial. If anything, just Trump's misunderstanding of something minor. And he's playing that up as a lie, and I'm thinking, and you're ignoring Hillary Clinton?
1: (laughs) You can tell that somebody's getting a check when they're like that.
3: Well, that or, okay, I think this person is another 15, 20 years older than me, so that would put him up, goodness, 80, approaching 90. Wow. Uh, I, I seriously wonder if senility nobody is kicking in there. I, I don't know. I just remember, man, I could trust everything he told me back when I worked with him in, in the... Late '60s and early '70s, uh, he was right on top of of politics better than many of my other coworkers, and just some has snapped since then. I, I I don't know what the story is. I mean, he's made favorable comments on Obama, and I'm thinking he just got huh? caught in this scandal and another. Yeah. And and well, all right. I, I've mentioned that it was Northern Illinois I grew up in, so that's where we were working at, and so this fellow was as aware of Chicago politics as I was, because we both lived just 50 miles south of Chicago. And we both knew how horrible the the political system in Chicago was at the time, and he was against it then. Uh, He never said anything favorable about the Democratic machine up in Chicago. Uh, But now, here he's supporting a street thug from the streets of Chicago, which is all Obama is. Uh, Uh, Can the country be that stupid that when Obama calls himself a community organizer, doesn't anybody realize that is political talk for street thug? That's what that means.
1: That's true.
3: It's a gang member. Yeah. That's what he was. He's not a community organizer. He was a gang member. Simple as that. Uh, Or a
1: petition circulator or something like that.
3: Yeah, well...
1: Put flyers in doors.
3: Uh, I've done some
1: of that myself, so...
3: But but claiming you're a community organizer from Chicago is like the old joke of, uh, I think I'll call in my cousin Louie from Chicago. And that always had very negative connotations if somebody told you that line. Uh, not to disparage anybody named louis but uh but if you were a cousin named Louis in Chicago, you were a thug <laughs> so, that's how that went so anyway, that's just two different observations on cash and i I only listened to a little bit of his last video, and he's starting to talk about time travel, so I'm about ready to check out and and give up on him right now i'm I'm not seeing anything practical. He's making claims of oh, this government's doing this with him and this and another government another government is doing that with him. And I never see it reported anywhere else other than occasionally Veterans Today will reinforce some of Cash's claims. But in that uh Cash Video number one they really rip into Veterans Today. And they're claiming uh, Gordon Duff's business is registered in Switzerland, and is not even an American business. Uh, I don't know. That's a
1: whole other story. Switzerland. Those people.
3: Uh, yeah. <coughs> so uh, it's just hard to say what what's going on anywhere in the world. And we go back to to my new rhetorical question: Do you want to listen to a liar? or somebody with poor discernment.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is it? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, I would like to think that some of the people that I've been close to and love, that they just have poor discernment. I don't want to think they're liars.
3: Well, exactly. But uh, on the
1: other hand, if nobody wants to hear what you have to say, then does it really matter anyway? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. still ruining your relationship.
3: That That's it. But... So... Uh, let's be honest, with with all of our addiction to television many, many years ago, uh, whatever was being said there simply became background music. And I just got home from work, turned the TV on uh, about 6 o'clock, and turned it off about 10 or 11 to go to bed. And I wasn't paying attention to every word that was said on that idiot box during those five hours, and it was just five hours of background music of something going on and maybe a visual to laugh at. Or, or
1: Yeah, my grandmother yeah, always had the TV on, kept her company. It was on all the time.
3: Well, yeah. Now, now, now that was rude to have TV on when you had company, but people did it. I, I know. Uh, well... Anyway, that that's just life in America, and that, that black and white flickering image just so captivated us as kids, and then became color, and then became widescreen color, and then became widescreen high-definition color. Now they're talking about 4K and beyond. Oh, and by the way, the my friend who attended NAB convention in Vegas last month, uh, Tells me uh, they demonstrated an 8K video, four times the resolution of HD. Oh. Uh,
1: wow. How much do we need? I mean, do we really need to see people's faces at the cellular level?
3: That's it. If you look Good at a cro- right, if you look at a crowd in in the football stadium, you'll be able to see who has pimples on their faces from eating a pizza the night before and who doesn't.
2: <laughs>
1: really.
3: Oh. Yep. Uh, that's how outrageous the the resolution is about about to become. Now, as a past photographer, there's times that you want really high resolution in a photograph, but for general stuff like that, football games, no, I don't think you need to see every blade of grass on the field. <laughs> but uh, it's it's almost getting to that stage. Uh, so anyway, that's about all I had to say on cash. Uh, I went into Los Angeles on Tuesday. I had my own personal obsession on a story somebody's been giving me for over a year, and things were not really checking out, and I had to go prove something. Um, And the net result of a 375-mile drive is uh, I finally knocked on the right door, rattled the right cage, and left a note under the right windshield wiper. <clears throat> but I got a call from a person I've been trying to reach for over a year now. And he clarified a major issue, not to delve into too many personal stuff, but uh, I finally found the truth about a matter that's been nagging me for a year. Sorry to say it was not positive, but I finally realized where uh, where a, a scam was being done. And... Uh, And ironically enough, I discovered its point of origination, and it was not even in this country. Uh, Because I, I was wondering all along, how in the world would somebody from this country on the other side of the planet know so much about one particular house in Los Angeles and all the cars parked in the driveway? How would anybody in that other country know that? Well, I finally found out how they were—they were working in an American corporate office in this other country and had access to files. Lo and behold, private information on American citizens 12,000 miles away uh, pop up on their computer screen, and thus they were able to weave a scam out of it. So, anyway, more bizarre world that we work in, and. Uh, computers are not really a help to everything
1: no they they're good for some of the stuff though i mean they're we would never have been able to communicate the things we needed to do to be able to expose all this stuff
2: I we could not have done the
1: research the way we have i mean i spend most of my time researching i enjoy it but i also i'm like driven to do it it's like oh i want to know what happened here i want to know what this is and yeah. um in the past, you just couldn't do it. It wasn't physically possible to do it. You wouldn't even know where to look. It would take forever. So in
3: well, that way,
1: it's really a blessing. In other ways, it's not a blessing. We don't need to have you know every aspect of our life measured and put on a computer database somewhere.
3: Yeah, the, the loss of privacy is, is serious.
1: <clears throat> and it, it wouldn't be so bad, I don't think. Well, maybe it would be. I shouldn't say that. But it would be different, I guess. If it was accurate, <laughs> it's not even accurate. That's the that's the real, you know.
0: Yeah. We but, call uh, it that's a
1: pissa. Um, it it's like you know they could say that your name is spelled like this, and it would screw up your life forever because they screwed up how they spelled your name one time, and it just went everywhere.
2: Well, and uh, it
3: mar- you
1: now it has effects on other aspects of life.
3: Did you ever see the movie I mentioned many shows ago called Brazil? It was produced back in the mid-80s.
1: I'm not sure if I did or not.
3: The opening scene in it is a bureaucrat in an office typing away on a well a a version of a computer keyboard as circa mid-80s. And it's going to a dot matrix printer and there's this fly buzzing around his head and the fly goes over and lands right on the hot spot of the dot matrix printer and he rolls up a piece of paper and swats it and the fly the the mark left from a splattered fly on this piece of paper changes somebody's name from Tuttle to Buttle. Yep. (laughs) And the bureaucratic paperwork then starts.
1: Yeah, it's like, uh,
3: the computer says
1: your real name is Buttle.
3: (laughs) And, yeah, SWAT teams get activated all over the country looking now for Mr. Buttle.
1: (laughs) Well, it's harder (laughs) to find him if he doesn't
3: exist. (laughs) Well... Uh, yeah there is a Mr. Buttle, but he's an innocent guy who does oh, everything that,
2: yeah does That's everything the other the,
3: thing. yeah does everything the government tells him to, and suddenly this SWAT team kicks down his door and hauls off his family
1: yeah what if your what if your name is common
3: uh, and, and they get and, the wrong one yeah and and the movie shows that the real terrorist was the Mr. Tuttle. <laughs> Was who the government should have been going after, but no, they sick their 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 country full of of SWAT teams on anybody named Bottle. Uh Anyway, it, it was both a bizarre and a fu- and a funny movie, but uh, it sure gave a lead in to what was going to go wrong with our technical system here.
1: Yeah, so it was called Brazil.
3: Called Brazil. It was produced in the mid eighties uh, by uh, Universal Studios. Um, I don't know if I, it's on uh, YouTube or but it, if you can ever find it anywhere, whether it's Netflix rental or, or whatnot. It's it's definitely a. I would say it's the most prophetic movie produced in the last thirty years, last thirty or forty years. And uh, another bizarre graphic in it. Is of course everybody uses computers, but they all have tiny screens. And everybody who sits down to a desk at their computer with this little bitty three-inch screen in front of them, they have a big magnifying glass hanging in front of the in front of the screen. Who would have thought that was a 30-year prophetic crack about smartphones? <laughs>
1: Yeah, in
3: a way it is, isn't it? It is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I met somebody last week and said, oh, just text me. And I said, well, I can't really carry on a conversation on this tiny screen on my smartphone, so please stay with the email. And uh, yeah, so as I've mentioned prior, I finally got a, a BlackBerry. and uh, But it's only got about, a, what, three and a half inch diagonal screen to it. And Short messages, short messages, fine, but you can't do any real work on it. I, I went with BlackBerry because I thought, well, it's got a keyboard and I can at least type with it. Well, but those keys are so tiny; you only type with the tip of your fingernail. So, um, so that was uh, uh, an overembellished selling feature. But, uh, but no, Brazil well, is. Uh, when I
1: went to a technology conference in the nineties. Um, One of the big technology companies, I forget which one, sent uh, one of their big guys, he might have been the CEO, I'm not sure, but he was somebody that would have been known at the time. And he talked about that. He pulled a thing out of his pocket and said, this is what the future will be. He showed us. A smartphone, basically.
2: Well, yeah. Will do
1: everything, and he showed us a video of it. As they would buy flowers, they would go get food, they would be able to talk to people. It was a smartphone. That was in the 90s, so that's a ways back.
3: Well, mid 90s, that would have been a Palm Pilot. Is what they called that.
1: But nobody had those yet. The smallest thing anybody was using at the time was a laptop. Yeah. And they were still pretty big. They were fairly heavy and bulky.
3: Well, I was working in Hollywood, and the rich fat cats there had them. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was the the well-to-do toy of the time. Uh, it was certainly not common. Like I couldn't begin to count the number of iPhones I see just walking down the street. Hmm. Everybody focused on the little tiny screen in their hand, and. Uh, uh, anyway, which leads up to the, my, my last shocker for the week. is uh, uh, you know, I'll give the teasing headline that I, I was not aware that optometrists did shock therapy. Uh, thanks to a gift from my brother, I was I thought I was finally able to uh, go get a new set of eyeglasses because my prescription was really getting old and street signs at a distance were getting a little hard to read and it was time to update my glasses. So, uh, made an appointment, went into the office today. And, yeah, everybody else in the office is sitting there playing with their smartphone.
2: Uh,
3: So, anyway, Uh, get get the whole exam, and this was the shock therapy, is, uh, okay, what does this all come to? The eye exam lenses, and, and I chose the cheapest frames they had. $615. Doesn't that sound a little high? Yeah. I don't know why I I my it's it's not that extreme extreme of a prescription. I mean, it's not the classic bottle bottom. But uh $615 for a normal pair of glasses now with the cheapest frames they had.
1: I bought my glasses. I forget how much I paid for them, though, because I went for everything at once. I had my eyes examined, my retinal scan, my contact lenses and glasses, prescription and everything done because I hadn't gone in years. and It was quite a bit altogether, but I forget how much it was all together, So I can't break out the glasses, I guess, separately. I still think that's high, though. That sounds high anyway. Do you have anything special about them like special grind or bifocals or things like uh, that?
3: Well, I I looked at the itemized bill and the the exam 115 I guess that's normal anymore.
2: Did
1: they do your um like checking your retinas and stuff? Did the, they do the yeah, dilation and all that?
3: They check for glaucoma and and yeah, uh, I have that. Uh, cataract. Uh, mm-hmm, yeah. so the she said there was some kind of additional test she did that uh, uh, that they ended up billing Medicare for. Said it was Yeah, the see. They probably
1: added before. some stuff.
3: Uh, <laughs> they probably
1: put some more stuff in there to pad the bill.
3: Yeah, but 115 for the exam and 80 for the frames. Only 200. Couldn't believe what the rest of it was. Was just the lenses. When I worked at Lockheed, the only type of uh, uh, lenses for your glasses that were approved in a machine shop that always had lots of flying chips going everywhere was uh, polycarbonate. Yeah. So ever since my 1970s Lockheed days, I always ordered polycarbonate lenses. And then when I got old enough and I needed bifocals, uh, I learned the advantages of a type of bifocal called progressive, uh, so you don't have that hard line between near focus and distant focus. Uh, It's a gradual transition between the two. Uh, So, yeah, I just ordered polycarbonate lenses with this progressive bifocal uh, structure and it was $420 just for the lenses. So, uh, anyway, I guess Desert Pete's going to have to be doing some more prospecting this uh, next two weeks uh, to to pay for the rest of it when, when I go to pick him up next week. Uh, so, I had enough to uh, at least get the order started.
1: <sighs> yeah. Uh, it's hard, because we have a lot of stuff that we need to get done and haven't been getting done. So.
3: Well, and it's spring cleaning time, too, so you kind of want to start fixing up things around the house and... Uh, Whoops! All the money went out for just a pair of eyeglasses, so uh, I guess I won't be doing anything.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Anything else anymore? <laughs>
1: so. Hard. Hopefully, it'll get easier.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, no luck in prospecting
0: yet. And
3: uh, someday we'll hope to have have something good to report on that, but uh, it just hasn't happened yet. But yeah, the the warm weather is hitting here in shocks if you're in the 80s. Uh yeah, we're uh, we're our typical proportion out here. And here comes shorts and t-shirt t-shirt weather, that's for sure.
1: Can't wait. I like it in the summer. My favorite.
3: Well, that's uh that's the end of my uh notes for the week is the outrageous price of eyeglasses and uh and and cash keeps getting weirder and weirder with every week, so uh I I really don't have anything to any fantastic announcements to mention from him this time.
1: No, it's been kind of a um quiet week as far as anything too big happening. I mean it's the same stuff happening over and over again. They just keep trying to shock us on the news. It's like how many tornadoes, you know, floods and uh, people getting stabbed, and it's just how many how many of these can you see before you get jaded and you really just go, you know, is that it?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Another oh. day, another five people got attacked somewhere. They're they're promoting all this stuff to keep the uh, attention off something, and I think a lot of that is to keep it off Hillary because you know she's she really doesn't do anything. She's her face is on the news, but she's just saying the same stuff over and over. There's nothing earth-shattering there.
3: Yeah. Oh. Um, well, it's a distraction to keep her mind off everything, and some will say, yeah, that's the news media keeping our attention off of General Dunford taking over the country. And
2: Could excuse be. Excuse me, but, yeah.
3: well, I heard the, the line of, oh, Obama's been arrested, he's out of the White House, and that's why you're not seeing any news. Well... What supported that was I went to Google News Search and searched for news on Obama, and nothing had been posted for about three days on, on, by Google's definition. And I thought, well, maybe there's some substance to it until you go to whitehouse.gov and you see Obama's daily schedule. And that particular day, yeah, he was speaking in uh, in the D.C. Beltway in the afternoon, and then he flew up to New York to address some other group uh, that night. So, no, he's still around. He's he's still the official. Uh,
1: were you Were you um, there at the beginning of the show last week? Because I was talking about this with um, the Neil Kanan thing that came out. Well, I'm. Uh, it didn't say he was gone from the White House as far as his job, but it said they weren't. What he was saying was that after the correspondence dinner that they didn't return to the White House. They have moved to their apartment. And I don't know if it's true or not, but that the whole um, the whole um, appearance of everything would stay normal so that people wouldn't realize that he's not in power now and um, that they were going to continue this Uh, just to keep the public calm until the election. So I don't know how much truth there is to it, but I did go back and listen to the correspondence dinner speech that Obama did, and it certainly sounded like something was up because of the things he said that were bizarre. One of them was like, hey, we're doing pretty good for the end of the republic. It was like he was saying it was over. But he might have been saying it was over, meaning now it's the new world order. It's not the United States anymore. Um, I don't really know but at the end of his speech he put his fingers over his mouth and he dropped his mic and he said Obama out that was his last thing he said and dropped the mic on the floor and um, supposedly putting your fingers over your lips like that means that you'll keep the secrets It's a Masonic sign
0: so I don't know
1: I'm just still watching stuff because um to see if i see anything that sounds plausible with that because um that was weird i mean i heard i read the neil keenan thing before i went back and listened to the speech at the correspondence dinner because i'd only seen excerpts of it i didn't watch the whole thing so i watched the whole thing and i did think it was kind of an odd speech and um then um what was the other thing there was a i think it was published on whitehouse.gov which was a, an executive order for um presidential transition team. And people were commenting and saying something like, why did they need this? Didn't they already have a transition process? So what is this about? Why is um, there a new thing?
3: Well, good and question.
1: It, you know, it listed all the people and what their responsibilities would be. So that was kind of intriguing as well.
3: Awful lot of I don't knows here. Uh, yeah, the, this sure. This controversial uh, uh, Dr. William Mount, uh, who's all over the place between brilliant and totally stupid. I I I couch that intro every time I mention the guy's name. I I I don't want to be affiliated with him, but I got to admit, occasionally he makes an intelligent comment, and I got to credit him when he does. Uh, I one thing he mentioned few videos ago is uh, WikiLeaks got hold of all of Hillary's emails. And all 30,000 of her private emails on her bathroom server are up on WikiLeaks attached to a search engine. So if you think she ever did business with Joe Blow XYZ or whatever, you can search for that name through all of Hillary's emails and see whenever she talked about somebody or something.
1: Well, that's interesting. Maybe we should do that. Uh, (laughs) Go look there.
3: So, yeah, I'm poor in typing. Maybe you can just find WikiLeaks' main page, but they have a prominent link right on their front page to uh, all of Hillary's emails. And like I say, it's all 30,000 of them, uncensored, uh, as they were written, and huh. uh, written or received. And I just wonder how many Viagra ads she got <laughs> in her box. <laughs> or, do you,
1: so do a lot of people know about this, that you can get there?
3: Uh, w- Wikileaks.com. Okay. Uh, You can try that. I'll try to type it. Uh, without, try to not drop my phone. W-I-K-I-L-E-A-S dot com. And so the, the typical sensational headlines from InfoWars or wherever saying that, oh, Hillary did this and Hillary did that in her emails. Well, goodness, it's public knowledge now. Just copy the email and tell me exactly what she said. And when she said it, I mean, I think even the timestamp is on all these things. Oh. Uh. Yeah. The the third box there. Uh. Yeah, I found it. Did. Uh, let me get it up here.
0: Oh shoot, that's the wrong link. Give me a second. I'll... There we go.
3: Yeah, wikileaks.com, and the third box there is uh, Hillary's emails, and shucks, I'll I'll click on the
0: box and I'll give that specific, wouldn't I?
1: that would be interesting to go look at.
3: Yeah, uh, of course, as soon as I found this gold mine, I couldn't think of any particular names to go research, and the few that I tried really didn't bring up any results. But, uh, but there it is. And if anybody has better reading skills than Desert Pete, uh, go to it. <laughs>
1: uh, I'll probably check it out. Hopefully, it's legit.
3: I, I just know I have a hard enough time keeping track of my own emails.
1: Oh. And
3: I, good grief, I get 11,000 spams a month.
1: That's a lot.
3: And uh, I do need to to comb through them periodically, because occasionally something important does get reclassified to the wrong box, and I need to pull it out and go back and apologize to somebody for that. But uh, but yeah, here's uh, here's her emails, and it would be nice if somebody can, can quote specifically which email to or from who uh, nails her to the wall on a crime, but they're all there and let's see somebody from uh, i forget the guy who said it some hotshot from department of homeland homeland security uh stated stated categorically numerous uh government intelligence agencies from all over the world had accessed her uh her email and what as near as I can tell, looking at some of them, I couldn't believe the personal domain name she chose. I mean, if I was going to try to hide something in the world, I'd come up with a a cryptic domain name like x w hyphen one three five nine or something dot com and use that as my domain. And then I'd use some other cryptic set of numbers for uh, such and such at that cryptic name domain. I mean that that would scare off a lot of people; would not even want to take the time to type in such a such a weird title. She used it was uh... it was something as dumb as h1 at clintonemail.com.
1: Funny. Well, when you feel untouchable, you don't need to worry too much about what you do. You're proud of it. Uh,
3: th- that's, that's beyond arrogance. That's unbelievable stupidity. And then she dumps classified communications on that? Uh, but, well, I guess you're hitting the nail on the head of, of just outrageous arrogance. Uh, that, oh, she owns the world, she can get away with anything, and so she can even use a dumb email address like Hillary at com. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, uh, but, uh, yeah, search for uh, anybody's name there and uh, see what you come up with be curious if if she had any comments about Able Danger in there. <laughs> I don't know. That that might be worth searching or or some of the various names that that Able Danger uses. Uh so yeah, that that's probably the most valuable thing I can toss in today and I have to credit the the strange Dr. William Mount for uh for making that public in one of his videos. Uh, there it is and that's why uh Julian Assange is uh is considered as a a public enemy by uh, by our NSA or, or our own CIA gr- crowd, and well, that's spy versus spy rhetoric, though. Take that for what it's worth. Nope. Not much. Okay. Well, I'm kind of rambled out for the seat. Uh you got any other topics to go into?
1: I think I'm. Um done in myself. It was funny because I come home yesterday and um, I was kind of tired because we had gone down to our camp and we were doing some stuff down there, but I mostly didn't do much. I just sat out in the sun and stuff. But I slept 10 hours last night and I never do that. And then I was still tired today. It's like, <laughs> you know, how much sleep do I need?
3: Well, Apparently I... I need some. <sighs> yeah, whenever I drive into Los Angeles, I get exhausted from that trip because the the car I'm driving has a manual transmission, and my poor left leg gets a workout in and, uh, and stop-and-go traffic. Uh, so, yeah, I I do the the extra-long sleep in the next day myself. I just have to. Uh, yeah, I met somebody this week that might have been interested in listening to the show, and I was thinking that they might show up tonight, and then I realized I forgot to tell them a start time. I gave them a link to the show and didn't tell them when it started.
1: Well, so- I didn't schedule it until late either because I forgot to do that and I wasn't okay. sure I would do it because I was feeling so tired this afternoon and then I said well I guess I'll do it because in two hours I'll be awake enough yeah so but I'm fading again around I think it was around four thirty, five 5 o'clock I was ready to go to sleep again I could have easily gone to sleep so I was like "Nope, wrong time of day we're not sleeping now <clears throat>
3: yeah well I'm yep, sorry. I don't know
1: where everyone is tonight but
3: yeah, I miss uh, right L.A.M. and Jameskin. My gracious, I, I hope they're okay. And just uh, A
1: lot of times they'll say they just forgot, and it's probably true. We've got days are just going by so fast, I can't believe it's been a week. I always say that. Yeah. Uh, a week has gone by so fast.
3: <laughs> so. Yeah, and as I say, I barely get a chance to listen to Able Danger once every two or three weeks anymore. I'm, I'm so focused on trying to get business activity going. He's supposed to be
1: going over to England too, so it should be soon that he'll be going over there. Because we're already in the middle of the month. Pretty amazing that it's already middle of May. My gosh. Okay. no, I'm tired too. So I don't, I don't have anything else.
3: Okay. All right. Well, we'll let you all wrap up and. Uh and James Kinnevel and uh, and Jean and and the rest uh, the, the guests uh, the, the one through eleven uh, yeah John <laughs> is we, usually we, one
1: of them and John didn't come either so maybe they're all the same people and they're just pretending we've never really heard their voice now have we <laughs> uh,
3: no it's just this text this text that shows up in the chat room and maybe yeah. they're all artificial intelligence
1: uh, yeah so. I've I've um, had <clears throat> chat Connection with James Kin and Val for a long period of time. So, Uh, you
0: know, they
1: they seem like real people, and also, um, you know, when you see people over time, you kind of get a feeling for them if they're real or not, or if they're uh, I don't think they're paid shills or anything by any means. And um, some of the people that come in and out, but the ones that we've seen recently, I think they have a whole a whole different agenda than than the ones that have been around for a few years.
3: Yeah. Well that that was my reason for my long drive into into LA on Tuesday was uh this particular person had been talked about by someone else for over a year. Yeah. And I had to know does that person really exist or not? yeah well, like I say, I knocked on the right door. I rattled the right cage, and I left a note under the right windshield and He actually called and talked to me. yeah, the person does exist, and uh listening to his voice, he sounds like a guy about my own age and and, yep. and I later found out he's part of the patriot movement, and i'm thinking wow we <laughs> we do have a, a like mind on on several things and uh I've only heard what others said about you. I never knew you personally. So, uh, yeah, a phone conversation means a lot when, when you finally, finally get one with somebody. And on that note, we'll uh, we'll sign off from uh, from the West Coast here. And uh, uh, the weather's changing, but fortunately, none of Keshe's, uh doom and gloom uh, earthquake predictions came true, at least in, in this area. Not up to this point. So. Yep. Tomorrow's another day. We'll see what goes on then.
1: Yep, that's right. Every day is separate, really.
3: <laughs> exactly.
1: It's hard when, you're, when you've are when spent your life planning ahead or thinking about what you did in the past to realize that, but it's true. hmm You know, I always used to envy the dogs that could just lay there and take a nap in the sunshine because they don't think about the past or the future. They're just thinking how great that sun feels. They're fine. They're having a great day. So I guess we need to be more like that, at least part of the time. I know we can't do it all the time because we have to be looking to the future to see how we can uh, affect change if we need to. But in general, we have really very little direct power. So somebody else has to do that stuff.
3: We keep watching and trusting that, in the worst case scenario, our friends just had poor discernment and didn't quite understand what the real truth was, that we're not listening to any liars. Yep. Uh,
2: right.
3: And that, that's really the best hope we have
1: here. <laughs> yep, that someday it will be exposed, and it will be enough, because it will be by enough people that it will take them down.
3: Well, I I don't know the exact verse but I've been told by more than one preacher that uh things in darkness will be shouted from the rooftops in the end times.
1: Yep.
0: And
3: boy I'm... is are we seeing a lot of that here?
1: Yep. We are.
3: Oh. Uh, so tomorrow's another day and we'll see what uh, what shows up on our computer screens then and, <laughs> and try to act accordingly on it.
1: That's right.
3: Okay, I think we're both about to fall asleep, so I'm I'm signing off from the West Coast, and we'll hope to catch everybody next week. And hope hope James and Velam and and the rest of uh wake up in time for the show.
1: <laughs> yep, <laughs> I agree. Okay. All right. Thank you.
3: Okay. Good night from here.
0: Night.
1: All right. I am I'm zoned out, and I'm not even I'm not even drinking anything or anything else either. I'm just tired, so. All right, I'm going to say goodnight, Dottie. I hope you're still having a good night. Everything's going all right. Probably drifted off to sleep yourself because we're just, our energy waned away there towards the end. Anyway, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for coming, Desert Pete. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to,
1: has anyone seen the bride and groom?